Plaza Direct King's Court starts now. Slowing down There's rules 
I'd love to break and bend Mistakes I've made again and again But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around I hit it hard, man So far, man No laying up, no holding back And a good Friday morning, St. Louis at all parts, north, east, south, and west, we welcome you in. This is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com, where you'll get a dose of the unvarnished truth backed by facts and evidence. And, boy, is there some today. Wow. It's like a gift from heaven. Manna from heaven had put this show together. Lots of material. Lots of idiocy. Lots of theater. Lots of stupidity. Lots of lying. It is a cold and bitter day in the Midwest, and I don't need to tell anybody that. Just as Dizzy Dean once said, stick your finger out the window and you'll know. Wind chill of one degree in St. Louis with a temperature of 13. 40 below in Bangor, Maine, wind chill. The Northeast is getting hit hard. If you're listening in Bangor, Maine, I hope you're staying inside. Maybe just kind of stick your toe outside and see if it gets frostbite right away. Probably take about 10 seconds. You better get it back in fast. It's cold. It's probably one of the coldest February 2nds or 3rds. It's February 3rd now on record. I can't believe it's already February. Do you know that we're about 11 months from Christmas? Carpe diem to that. That always excites me. It just does. Some people say, well, you're crazy. And I say, okay, what else is new? I don't mind being crazy. You want to hear crazy? Wait till you hear Biden. Wait till you hear Jerry Nerdler, the little Natalie Nerdler. You want to hear crazy? Wait till you hear the members of the so-called squad lose their minds collectively at one time trying to defend their fellow member Ilhan Omar, she of the anti-Semitic vile hatred of Jews. Imagine defending that. That's where we are in this country, and they will get no pushback from the liberals. What about the Jewish community? Where are you? Why don't you wake your ass up? We talk all the time about the black community waking up and realizing that the Democrats do nothing for the black community. What about the Jewish community? You keep voting as a block for Democrats, and you've got one of them anti-Semite, completely supreme, others defending her, and the Jewish community remained silent. Didn't you realize what happened when silence was your motor in Germany? Silence is never good. But the Jewish community is silent. They just sit back. Take it. Never give it back. That's a quick recipe for disaster for the Jewish community, I guarantee you. When you've got an anti-Semite like her, if she had her way, the Jews would be marched into camps, I, I guarantee you. She hates them that much. But she didn't know there were tropes about Jews and money. She, she just It was news to her. It's part of her journey, she said. Journey of discovery. So, yeah, you're going to hear her comrades defend her in lunacy terms. 
It's not just defense. Wait till you hear these nutbags. And they are nutbags. Adam Carolla will weigh in on them. He's a funny guy. He'll let you know what he thinks of them. <laughs> oh, Ned Ryan will give the message to the Democrats about taking people off committees. What's good for the goose is good for the gander, though he says it much better than I. You're going to witness why this country is so weak. We've got a Chinese spy balloon hovering over Montana, the Dakotas, gathering information on our most secure facilities, and we do nothing about it. The Wall Street Journal reported that when Biden heard about it, even he said shoot it down. But he was overruled by the military. This military-industrial complex is scary. I think our military at the top is as corrupt as any entity in our government. That's why I'm not completely convinced that if we were to fight the government in a civil war, in an insurrection, a real one, that the military would be on our side. I know the generals would not. They've got too much power. They don't want to lose it. Sooner or later, greed and corruption is the downfall of every great society, especially a free one like ours. Oh, excuse me, like ours used to be. Silly me. So you're going to hear about Ron Klain. This is a guy who's the epitome of how soft this country has become. We don't shoot the balloon down. We have a guy who's the chief of staff in the White House who's quitting, mind you, of his own volition, supposedly. As Jonathan Turley said the other day, the most dangerous place in Washington to be is anywhere between Ron Klain and the front door. He's leaving that fast. But you're going to hear this candy ass bawling his eyes out, telling us how great Joe Biden is, what a great father Papa Joe is. And don't you mess with a Biden. Don't ever underestimate the Bidens, he said. This guy's crying like a little baby. In fact, the baby will be crying in a more mature way because the baby just screams. Not this coward. This is what poses as leadership in Washington. And you'll hear the bizarre letter that we're going to read you from Hunter Biden's lawyers, and I'm not sure if they're claiming the laptop is not his or not. I don't don't know. I can't figure it out. It seems as though they're saying now that the contents on the laptop are his, but the laptop's not. Try to follow that if you can. I thought we were too late for that. He's already said it was his, even though he lied about it with a smirk on his face prior to that. You'll hear a little of the border testimony in Congress. A judge in El Paso, Democrat, called by the Democrats to blatantly lie under oath to all of America. You'll hear those lies this morning. He's a judge. If, you've, if you haven't lost confidence in the judiciary yet, you will. I promise you, you will. We caught Biden pandering to women, except that he can't talk, so the women probably aren't sure if he was pandering to them or not. It ended up being Biden-esque gibberish. Well, here's some Cortez gibberish. Good old Sandy never lets us down. And you'll hear from her as she goes berserk in the House chamber. If you can see the video, she's waving her hands like she's 
having a spastic attack. She is a lunatic. And we'll take you to the funeral of Tyree Nichols so that you can hear all of the race baiting that took place at at an event that was supposedly there to honor the death of a man who was murdered at the hands of five thug cops. By the way, at least one of those cops, as Sheriff Rick predicted here on the show the other night, does have a violent past. At least one. I don't know about the other ones, but at least one does. So you hear all that, and Sonny Hostin Houston will tell you how America's exceptionalism is a lie, that we're not exceptional. What have we told you all along about liberals? They hate America. Now, they're cowards because they say they hate America, but then they don't go anywhere else. I hate my my own self. I hate what this country has become. And as I've said many times, as bad as it is, and it is bad, it's still better than the rest of the places. So what does that say about the rest of the world? Because we suck. We are populated by nothing but cowards in this country. Shivering cowards. And I'm talking about the overwhelming majority who sit there and take it from the distinct minority every day. We're afraid to talk back to them. They're not afraid. You'll hear some of the most psychotic ranting on the House of Representatives floor that you've ever heard in your life. These psychopaths aren't afraid to scream and yell at you, call you names, call you vile racists. That's what they, if the word race and racist, if those two words were taken from the English language, the Democrats would never speak again. And just for good measure, remove the name Trump from the English language. They would have nothing to say. Tell me what they've ever said in the last two years, at least. Of course, let's go all the way back to when Trump was elected. What have they ever said that didn't include race, racist, or Trump? Nothing. (laughs) They can't utter a coherent thought, much less use a sentence without those three things in it. And you'll hear that today. You'll hear a combo of it. (laughs) It actually is quite delightful and hilarious. It's a sitcom. There's no question about that. But it's a sitcom that we're actually living. And that's a little scary. You're going to hear Keisha Lance Bottoms, the failed mayor of Atlanta, while Atlanta burned, she presided over it. She now works in the Biden White House. You're going to hear her lie, and I mean abjectly lie to you, about the statistics of cop murders versus whites versus blacks. Wait till you hear her lie. And we have the numbers to prove it. We always do. So all of that is coming your way in more. And, of course, your phone line, our phone line is open for your calls. You're welcome, 636-538-0746, 636-538-0746. It's the weekend, and that's when a lot of people do some car shopping. And if you're tired of the headache of going from dealership to dealership and then haggling with them, taking hours of your day on Saturday out of your life that you can never get back, Go to stl-cars.com, stl-cars.com. You'll see a huge inventory of automobiles, whether it's cars, SUVs, or trucks. You can pick from all of it. If you can't find what you want there, call them or text them at 314-309-3633. 
314-309-3633. And you, you will f- tell them what you want. Tell them the price you want to pay. That's not normal, is it? They'll go find it for you. All you have to do is drive it home. Make sure you ask for Don when you call or text. Tell him he sent you. But you don't have to go through that pain. It's unnecessary. It's very simple. Tell them the car you want. If you find it on their website, good. If not, you can get it. They'll find it elsewhere. They found four cars, or excuse me, three cars for me and one for my son, four total. His just got shipped from Alabama, so they look all over the country for you. My last one came up from Memphis. They'll find it. You pick it up. You drive home. It's that simple. STL-cars.com, 314-309-3633, 309-3633. All right, well, let's kick this show off. You would think that in this United States of America, a once great country, a country once known for its patriotism and patriots who are proud to exhibit that patriotism, either by flying the American flag outside of their homes standing at attention for the national anthem to be played, hand over hearts, caps removed, caps over hearts. Every day in school when we were kids, started with the Pledge of Allegiance. You've heard us play Red Skelton's Pledge of Allegiance here many times when he explains every phrase and every word in the most patriotic of terms. And we're never, we're never ashamed of that. We've never been ashamed of our patriotism. We've been, we've been very proud of it for 200-plus years. Until now. And because there's this uniparty called the Democrats, the greatest traitors to this country that we've ever seen, Benedict Arnold wouldn't even be leading this party were he alive today. He might even be at the bottom of the of the barrel. Such is their level of treason. And they hate this country so desperately that you would think the mere request to recite the Pledge of Allegiance prior to a congressional hearing each morning would be one way that Democrats can be on board with Republicans. But you would have thought wrong. Matt Gates from Florida proposed an amendment. Imagine having to propose an amendment to recite the Pledge of Allegiance in the congressional hearings before they begin, and it was met with opposition. Here it is. And our Pledge of Allegiance is a national symbol of pride and unity. And it was a great honor to be able to invite one of my constituents this morning to offer the Pledge of Allegiance. And so my amendment uh, gives uh, the committee the opportunity to begin each of its meetings with the Pledge of Allegiance. It gives our members the ability to invite inspirational constituents to be able to share and lead in the Pledge of Allegiance. I offered this amendment to the judiciary rules two years ago, and it was defeated, and I'm very optimistic that we'll have a different outcome today. That's the amendment, Mr. Chairman. I thank the gentleman for his amendment. Uh, support the amendment. Does anyone seek recognition? Gentleman from New York, ranking member now. I would oppose it simply on the grounds that, uh, uh, as members know, we pledge allegiance every day on the floor. And uh, I don't know why we ha- we should pledge allegiance twice in the same day to show how patriotic we are. I, I, I'm stunned, mortified. I can't believe I heard that from a sitting member of Congress. Why would we want to show how patriotic we are? Well, he doesn't want to because he isn't. He's a traitor to this country, always has been. When you look at him and you see him, you're embarrassed for him. He's an unkempt little slob 
who looks like he came from Mars. And then you hear that disgusting New York accent, you want to just pop him one. This is a guy whose pants come up to his armpits. Just a slob. Just a New York slob who hates America and who would actually object to the recitation of the Pledge of Allegiance. I actually think it's a great idea what Matt Gates had to bring in a constituent each day and have them recite it. That'd be kind of fun. Show your patriotism, get to be part of a congressional hearing. I think it'd be kind of cool, but not Nadler. An old nerdler himself. Nope. Why would we want to do that? We already do it once. God forbid we do it twice and show that we're patriotic. What a loser. Can you believe you heard that? Honestly. It's almost as if every day they challenge us by saying, you thought yesterday you'd heard it all. Watch us today. We can top yesterday's nonsense. I don't know if they'll ever top that. Well, I mean, after all, they do kneel for the national anthem, so that's pretty bad in itself. But now, in a, in a congressional hearing, refusing to recite the Pledge of Allegiance. They can't even agree on that. Wake up, America. I mean, literally, wake the F up. So then we uh, had the congressional hearings in one chamber. Over on the House floor, I guess they had open speaking day, you know, bring your pet to school day. This was open speech day, I guess, for all the nimwits that populate the House of Representatives on the liberal side. Cortez started the show, and this was a show. Nothing more than theater by the Dems who had gone off their meds. She clearly is off her meds. And again, if you could see the video, you see her arms flailing like some sort of a lunatic, which, of course, she is. As also as a fellow New Yorker, I think one of the things that we should talk about here is also one of the disgusting legacies after 9-11 has been the targeting and racism against Muslim Americans throughout the United States of America. And this is an extension of that legacy. Consistency, there is nothing consistent with the Republican Party's continued attack except for the racism and incitement of violence against women of color in this body. I had a member of the Republican caucus threaten my life and you all and the Republican caucus rewarded him with one of the most prestigious committee assignments in this Congress. Don't tell me this is about consistency. Don't tell me that this is about an abdic- a condemnation of anti-Semitic remarks when you have a member of the Republican caucus who, have, who has talked about Jewish space lasers and an, an entire amount of tropes and also elevated her to some of the highest committee assignments in this body. This is about targeting women of color in the, in the United States of America. Don't tell me because I didn't get a single apology. My life was threatened. Thank you. Shut up. Shut up. You big mouth horse. You crybaby wench. Shut up. This is an attack on women of color. What I tell you? If they can't talk about race, they can't talk. So, Ilhan Omar, who's a vile anti-Semite, is removed from the Foreign Relations Committee, which has something to do with Israel, because of her anti-Semitism, 
and somehow that's an attack on her because she's a woman of color. Never mind what they did to Marjorie Taylor Greene. And they hate Marjorie Taylor Greene because she's white. They also hate her because she wouldn't put up with her bullcrap, but she's also white. Had she been black, they wouldn't have attacked her. But she's white. And that lunatic going off on Congressman Gosar, who put a cartoon up of him assassinating her. Now, it's probably not in good taste. And if you can see the video, as our research assistant pointed out, sitting right behind her, and by the way, behind all of these loons when they spoke yesterday, was the great St. Louisan Cori Bush, nodding her head like a bobblehead, which is what she is. But a bobblehead is smarter. So that was Cortez off of her meds. It's almost as though each one of them took the challenge to be more insane and scream louder and sound like the out-of-control wenches that they are. Rashida Tlaib, I guess she forgets what they did to Marjorie Taylor Greene. Censor Congresswoman Omar in the same week. They introduced a bill to ban federal employees from engaging in censorship. Where are the free speech warriors today? The hypocrisy is obvious to the American people. You are showing who you all are, really. The gentlewoman's time has expired. Will not be silenced. Shut up. The gentlewoman's time has expired. Omar, I am so sorry that our country is failing you today. The gentleman is no longer recognized, and the, the gentleman from Mississippi is recognized. I will not be silenced. Then she starts crying. Congresswoman Omar, this body has failed you. You should be on that committee. She's crying. This is a recurring theme in what you're going to hear this morning. Crying liberals. Crying like stuck pigs, which is exactly what they are. They are despicable. All they want is power. They're greedy and they want power. And remember, if you can remember this the next time you go to vote, they stand for nothing except their own greed, their own power. They have zero policies that help the American people. If you think I'm wrong, please call us and tell me where I'm wrong. Which policy has Biden brought to bear or this Democratic Congress Democratic House and Senate before the last election, which policy idea have they brought that will benefit all of us? Please call me, 636-538-0746. I want to hear how wrong I am so that I can apologize for misstating the facts. problem for liberals is I'm stating facts. And they know, as a friend of mine said, if they had to rely on their policies that benefit Americans, they'd lose every honest election. We don't have honest elections, though. I think Omar should be deported. That's what I believe. And as a friend of mine said that he couldn't think of listening to this rant about her being a Muslim and how we're targeting Muslim women. Remember, it was Muslim women who hid bombs under their clothes to kill our troops in Iraq, in Afghanistan. Those were Muslim women. Now, I'm not anti-Muslim, but I'm just telling you, don't give me any of this nonsense that they're attacking her because she's a Muslim woman. According to liberal logic, if you can even use those terms together, any critique, 
any critique, any honest critique of a Muslim or of a black is forbidden. It's forbidden, especially if they happen to be women. You can't do it. If you do it, you're automatically enrolled in the racist club. So forget about it. You cannot do it. That's what you're met with, that kind of insanity. So then for 30 minutes after these whining, screaming nutcases, and Ayanna Presley also got in and started screaming, but I thought enough screaming for, for one morning. Then Omar gets up and for 30 minutes tells everyone her life story and how great she is with a gigantic picture, I guess, from one of the Photoshop places of her as a child. And, oh, the poor thing in war-torn Somalia or wherever she was. But while she was whining and telling us how powerful she is, she forgot that her whining rendered her powerless. Well, I am Muslim. I am an immigrant. And interestingly, from Africa. Is anyone surprised that I am being targeted? Is anyone surprised that I am somehow deemed unworthy to speak about American foreign policy? Or that they see me as a powerful voice that needs to be silenced? No, they don't see you as that. You might want to pat yourself on the back and believe that. You have you don't even rate power. That she shouldn't be speaking on the Foreign Relations Committee. Does anyone believe that? Yeah, we all do. I noticed the first words out of her mouth is, well, I am a Muslim. You never hear white people get up there and say, well, I'm a white guy. Or I'm a Christian. Only these identity politic freaks do that. And they are freaks. You just listen to three freaks, psychotic freaks, ranting, waving their arm, lunatic freaks, crying, screaming. Adam Carolla is a funny guy. I guess when you do something like that, you go home maybe, and if you're to leave, you wonder, did I look good or bad? You might want to look at the video of it and critique yourself, but I think Carolla has an idea what she does when she goes home. I imagine when she goes home, she first has to feed her 19 cats, and then she can hop on the computer and watch this horrible, pathetic performance. In in a victim culture world, she gets an Oscar for that. So that, you know, we're coming from a different generation yeah. where you would yell at someone, get a hold of yourself, woman, have a shot of brandy, pull it together, you're a leader, you're making a fool of yourself. But now we're in a victim culture reward center Aren't we, though? You would do that. You really would. Get a hold of yourself, woman. Have a, have a shot of brandy. You're making a fool of yourself. But they don't care because the media won't write it that way. Any responsible media would have said, what's wrong with these three nutcases? We've got nut jobs in Congress, as if we didn't already know. Adam Carolla, use your imagination. What if Rashida Tlaib was in the cockpit when you got on board even if she was just a co-pilot, what would you do? If, if, if this was a co-pilot on your commercial flight, you would get off of the plane, <laughs> right? You yes, would go, I don't yes. want this nut job anywhere near a yoke. Th- that's, 
So obviously, but it's kind of our fault. Like if you really think about it, like, you know, COVID was our fault. Yes, we have horrible leaders, horrible politicians, uh, Fauci, CDC, Rochelle Lindsay. We listened to them. We yelled at our own citizens to put a mask up. We didn't have to do it. We could have done it if we stood up. And it's the same way with racism. They bang the racism drum at every moment of the day. And we buy into it. We back off. We don't want to talk about the race hustlers that are out there that are constantly doing this. It's our fault. We're letting this very small minority do this to us because everyone is so scared of being called a COVID denier, a vaccinier, a racist denier. Like, we're so freaked out that we let these nut jobs take control. Carpe 100 DM. Adam Carolla, what have I been saying on this show? Exactly what he just said. It's our fault. I've been saying it forever. It's our fault if we keep taking it. Whatever you can do in your corner of the world, you have to do to push back to these nutcases. These nut jobs have ruined the country, and we've allowed it. I used to believe that the old-style Democrats thought like we did, that they're embarrassed by these performances But I don't think they are because they vote for Democrats, or at least that's what we're told. Perhaps in the stolen elections that we've witnessed the last few years, old school school Democrats are voting the right way. Their votes just aren't being heard. But anyway, you slice it. These whack jobs are controlling everything. Most assuredly, it's because of the media. There is no graver enemy to this country than the liberal media. Not China, not North Korea, not Iran, not Russia, not even Biden. It's the media. They are the terrorist, the domestic terrorist group that is in this country running freely. And make no mistake about it, they are domestic terrorists. And they act in concert. And don't think that Fox isn't at least partially in that group. I was flipping around after I watched a movie last night. and It happened Hannity when I went to uh, Fox News. I forgot it was already in the 8 o'clock hour. He's sitting there at some town hall deal with no tie on, of course, because that makes him look like one of the people, interviewing Stephen A. Smith. And then fist bumps him and says, you're my friend. Stephen A. Smith is one of the loudest racist mouths in this country. He's a black racist. That's all he knows is racism. Somehow, I guess his agent told him, you know, if you tone it down, we might be able to get you a gig on Fox because they're stupid over there. And if you start acting like you might actually believe in the right way of living in this country as opposed to the liberal insanity... And go around and tell people that you should be replacing Jimmy Kimmel, because that's what he's been saying. But you'd really be replacing one psychotic nutjob liberal with another. But there he was, and he's been appearing more and more on Fox, I might add. Pretty soon he's going to be a regular. Mark my words. Mark my words. And Hannity wanted us all to know that they were friends. I got news for Hannity. He isn't your friend. He's satanic. He's one of the worst of the worst. 
I actually debated him on ESPN a few years back over a sports issue when the Cardinals were in the playoffs, and I can't recall who they were playing. I believe it was a, a series against the Braves or the Padres. And it was a debate over La Russa. Stephen A. Smith knew nothing. Knew nothing about the Cardinals, knew nothing about La Russa. He was woefully ill-informed. It was almost like just bitch-slapping him and taking candy from a baby. And I made such an ass out of him that I heard from somebody at ESPN whom I know who's pretty up high there. He said he was livid when he got off the air. He thought I was just going to toss him softballs. Doesn't work that way. Not with me. I'm no badass. I just stand up for what's right, and I, I ask the real questions. And I knew he was full of crap. I also knew he was a raving lunatic racist. But there he is showing up on Fox. He was also on Will Kane's podcast. And Will Kane said, it's amazing how these white guys, Will Kane and Hannity, go out of their way on their show to their audience to make sure they know he's my friend. Will Kane said the same thing. He's a friend of mine. When they have a white guest on, they don't say that. Why him? He's a racist. He makes Fox look like a nutcase place. After Cortez and her gang of dimwits screamed and yelled on the House floor, she trotted over to CNN to spew her nonsensical gibberish, see if you can make any of this out, except at the very end when, of course, a certain person's name is mentioned. Derangement syndrome at its highest level. In the case of, of all three of these expulsions, there is either political revenge or there is the absolute agenda um, of, of racist, misogynist, and xenophobic targeting. And those three, those are those three points, um, in addition to the political revenge, constitute modern Trumpian politics. <laughs> you know, you know, I laugh at her so much. I truly get a kick out of her. I can't wait to see her next Instagram post. Nobody loves themselves more than this single-digit IQ moron. And she never makes a point. She always flaps her wings, screams and yells, talks out of nowhere. Who knows where that's coming from? I don't even know what it means. Are her new initials going to be RMX, racism, misogyny, and xenophobia? Because she says it all the time and then brings Trump in. Trumpian politics. She really fancies herself as some sort of intellectual. I guess it's just that I want to date her. Because after all, that's what she said. Republicans don't like her because they want to date her and they can't. You know, if I wanted to date someone that looks like her, I would have asked Secretariat out on a date. Or maybe Mr. Ed. They bear quite a, quite a resemblance to her. Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, weighed in, of course, on Omar, but not with much. She doesn't say a whole lot these days. She's either tongue-tied, ordered to speak silence, or she knows that she might go to jail if she steps in the wrong puddle. What do you think of Omar being booted off the committee? Is it just political revenge, as Sandy Cortez suggests? 
Uh, what we believe is Congresswoman Omar is highly respected member of Congress. Uh, she has apologized for her comments she made in the past. I think she was most recently uh, uh, did an, an extensive interview about this on Sunday, I believe on CNN, and has been vocal about condemning anti-Semitism as well as affirming our strong alliance and important partner partnership with Israel. Uh, look, the way that we see this, it's a political stunt. Uh, much like House Republicans' unjust, unjust removal of other leading Democrats from key committees uh, in recent weeks, and it is a disservice to the American people. Does this bonehead understand what Pelosi did to Republicans? Does she even get it? Do they really live in such a vacuum that she actually could say those words? If you want to call it tit for tat, I'm all for it. It's about time Republicans stood up and said, you pull this stunt, we're going to answer. You're not getting away with it. Know that in the future, when you pull this crap, it's coming back at you in spades. And for anyone to suggest that those three of all the people shouldn't have been booted off those committees, you'd have to be a, a complete blockhead like they are. Again, there's Karine Jean-Pierre, the little black lesbian, thinking that because she says something or Biden says something, it's gospel truth. And we must follow it. We must be the dutiful soldiers that they think we are, the Stepford people, goose-stepping our way in support of their nonsense. And it is nonsense. I just had a friend of mine remind me in a text that Stephen A. Smith is on his book tour I forgot he had written a book. And this particular person, who is black, I don't know if he wants me to say his name or not, he said, I wouldn't read his book if I'm sequestered for a year and had my eyes taped open. (laughs) Carpe triple diem. I, I couldn't, I mean, it's eloquently stated, I couldn't top that. He expressed exactly how I feel. I would add, if, my, if I were sequestered for a year, my eyes were taped open, and you held an AR-15 to my head, I still wouldn't read his book. If I wanted to read his book, why don't I just wait for some other racist to write a book and read theirs? Maybe some Klansman will come out with a book. I could read that one. That way I'd read a white racist and a black racist book. The difference is the Klansman, the white Klansman, wouldn't get his published. The black Klansman got his published. We live in a country that's just so full of cowards. Will Kane is a coward. He's an arrogant coward, by the way. Hannity's another arrogant coward. They wouldn't dare ask Stephen A. Smith a question that makes sense. They're too afraid of him. He's black. He's a loudmouth, and they're afraid of him. He'll call them a racist, and they can't have that. Makes me wonder if they are racist, actually. Anybody who's that afraid of being called a racist, it's almost as though they're afraid of being discovered as what they really are. Maybe those two are indeed racists. I don't know. But they sure are cowards. No mistake in that. I wonder what Pete Hegseth would have said to Stephen A. Smith if he had the chance to have him and interview him. I would hope and pray that he wouldn't cower in the presence of a racist like those two did. But he might. 
Anything's possible, right? Especially when it comes to cowards, they'll do just about anything. They'll sell their soul right down the river. Ned Ryan is the CEO of American Majority. He has a message for the Democrats who think somehow they can do this, remove Republicans from committees, although in their case for no reason, but the the Republicans should just remain silent. If you don't want none, don't start none. Republicans didn't start this. Democrats did. And if they don't like the game, they don't like these rules, they shouldn't have made these rules. And I actually appreciate it. I, I appreciate Kevin McCarthy going right back at them, punching back. I'd like to see more of it among Republicans. Could not agree more. I mean, Kevin McCarthy 2.0 is somebody that I like. He has no qualms about doing exactly what he said he would do. In that way, he's channeling his inner Trump. He said he's going to do something. He's following up on it. There isn't one thing the Republicans aren't doing in Congress that they didn't promise they would do. And they're going to keep it up. And they have to keep it up because they only have two years, and then you never know. So we've got to get all of the players ready for a criminal indictment. They won't get indicted while O'Biden is still in office. But should the Republicans win the White House and appoint, I don't know, Rudy Giuliani maybe, Sidney Powell as attorney general, someone who will actually have the courage to go after these criminals? But the, the cases will be ready to go. That's what this Republican Congress is doing. They're laying the case out so that any prosecutor could make the case and win. And they're doing it brilliantly. Now, you want to talk some more cowards? Here's this Ron Klain buffoon. He's quitting Biden's White House as chief of staff. That's a pretty prestigious job. I'm sure it not only pays well, but he can steal a lot of money while he's there, too. But he decided to quit. Every word that we hear out of the White House from sources is that the White House is in complete chaos. Maybe that's why he wanted to quit. He can't even control his own staff. Mr. Chief. But he had some sort of a news conference announcing that he was retiring. A ceremony in one of the White House rooms. Donald Trump had chiefs of staff resign or fired. Almost every president does. But I don't recall any of them holding a ceremony for them. But they did for Ron Klain. Maybe they shouldn't have. Because by golly, he was broken up. It took him two seconds to start fake crying. But I cannot promise there will not be some tears. This is the best job I've ever had. (laughs) And most of all, this team every single day. For a president and a team that was written off for dead in the winter of 2019, and for dead again in the winter of 2020, and for dead again in the winter of 2021. Why didn't you die? Good grief. Did you hear those people in there? Aww. A freaking crybaby. Trust me. Russia, North Korea, Iran, China, they see this and they just start laughing at these people. This is a comedy show. This is the best job I've ever had, but I'm quitting. I don't know about you folks listening, but I don't quit the best job I've ever had. 
If I had a job that I thought was the best job I ever had, I'd pray every day that I wouldn't get fired because I'm not quitting. But he's quitting and crying about it on the way out. Now you thought, well, okay, that's it. No, 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 no. It's Dem Theater Week. Democrat Theater Week starring Ron Klain. I learned everything I know about how to be a good father from Joe Biden. He is the best father I know and the best role model I know. And along the way, he's taught me a thing or two about politics and policy as well. I don't have to give you the vomit bag. If you're on a flight and you saw that on your onboard movie channel or whatever it is, or your laptop, you would reach for the vomit bag immediately. In fact, you wouldn't stop vomiting. With tears flowing, Klain tells us that he's learned everything he needs to know about being a father from this wonderful father, Joe Biden. Joe Biden, whose son is not only a crackhead addict, but is a thief, is a liar, who beds his brother's wife, who gets a stripper pregnant and denies paternity? This is the guy that Klain thinks is father of the year? The guy who fathered that monster? And continues to enable him? He learned that? He learned how to be a father from that? That was so bad, that show that even Geraldo Rivera had to call him out. What happened to this guy is pathetic, and it reflects on his father. I hope that it weighs on his conscience. What happened to Hunter Biden is pathetic, and it reflects on his father. You're damn right it does. It absolutely does. But not according to Ron Klain. That's the best father he's ever seen, and he's... Learned everything about being a father. I'd like to see how Klain's kids turned out. Yeah. Imagine how scary that would be. But again, he wasn't done crying. He cried some more in touting how wonderful Biden is and how great of a job he's done. And then his Democrat cohorts weighed in with the same. The president likes to say it is never a good bet to bet against the American people. And he is right. But what I want to say today is it is never a good bet to bet against Joe Biden and this team. Never, ever a good bet. I'm saying to people that Joe Biden uh, has earned uh, another term. Now, you can use whatever train metaphor you want, anyone you want, but get on the Joe Biden Express now because we are not stopping. These monkeys just get out there and spew their nonsense. Chuck Schumer should be in a cage at the zoo. He's nothing but a chimpanzee who takes orders. What a weasel he is. And that idiot Clyburn. You're the one who got this numbnuts, the uh, Democrat nominee. I mean, I'd like to play more of Clay's crying for you, but I think we're all vomited out, aren't we? I wonder if Clay believes that... Uh, Showering with his daughter is a lesson that Biden taught him. Does he believe in that? Because Biden does. Or at least did. 
that's a wonderful parental lesson to learn, isn't it? Wow. It's incredible. Kevin is up. Good morning, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Kevin. <clears throat> Pardon me. A little frog in my throat here this morning. I was going to call you later in the show, but what you're talking about here spurred me to call now. This man, whatever his name is, uh, Klain or whatever. Yeah, Ron Klain, who learned his parental skills from Joe Biden. You know, you'll understand this. I'm going to try to get through this. Because of your dad, who was the best father you knew, my dad, who's the best father I knew, who passed away three years ago today. And that man did everything he could for my family, for me and my sister, for his grandchildren. Up until he couldn't do things any longer, but he knew he still had love to give in his heart. That's the best father I knew. It ain't a guy like Joe Biden. No you mean, way. You mean you learned your parental skills from your dad, but not from Joe Biden? Doesn't it make you wonder what kind of father Ron Klain has? That his dad exactly. was so bad that he had to look to Joe Biden for parental skills. Exactly. Good Lord. Woo. This country has lost its moral compass. We need to get back to what this country is supposed to be and show the world what it's supposed to be and quit letting these people do what they do. I think it was, I can't remember who it was the other day on the Tucker show or one of the shows I was listening to that said, it's time to fight back. It's time to fight fire with fire. They want to steal an election. We'll steal it too. Let's see who wins. You want to call names? We'll call you names. I'm tired of it, Kevin. I'm tired of it. I call your show a lot. I'm tired of it. And today I mourn. This is the day I mourn. The other 364 days of the year, I look for the joy that I had with my father and my mother. Those people need to learn. They're idiots, in my opinion. Well, I posted on my own Facebook yesterday, you'll get my respect until you earn my disrespect. I don't care what color you are or who you are. But quit insulting my intelligence. Well, they have to because they have nothing else. When someone tells us that Joe Biden is the father of the year, that's, I, like I said at the beginning of this show, every day you think, well, they couldn't say anything dumber than they did yesterday. And then they laugh and say, watch this. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's, these it's, people it's are the mentally tr- deranged. Yeah, it's the true moment where one of them does something, the other one says, hold my beer. Let me show you what I can do. I'd like to hear from Ron Klain's dad, if, if, if he's still alive. Because what an abject yeah. failure he must be. I hope he's in prison somewhere, because that's the only thing that would explain you thinking that Joe Biden is a better role model than your own father. Mm-hmm. And I know there's people out there that have bad fathers, and there are role models that they had. And thank God for those role models. You know, and, and, and I tried to. I coached high school sports for 20 years. I tried to be a role model as best I could, and when I failed, I apologized for it. Well, I guarantee but, you that no one who's ha- who has a bad father considers Joe Biden to be their role model. Exactly. Even Klain. Klain's just a liar. But we need to get back to fathers again in this country and mothers again in this country. I'm tired of all this stuff. 
my dad, your dad, they were never a he, they, or whatever. They were our dad. Well, not anymore. And that's all there is not to anymore. It. We'd have to find out what their pronouns are. The party of pronouns yeah, says you better have pronouns. It, it's it's ridiculous, Kevin. It's ridiculous. And and we need to get back to celebrating the family unit. We've lost our moral compass. And this country is just falling apart. And it, it's just it just everything that you talk about every day, everything I see, it just drives me absolutely crazy anymore that people aren't paying attention to what's going on. No, the the, you know? the, the intellectual laziness of this country is off the charts. It's completely off the charts. And, yeah, it's and the just, cowardice, the cowardice among the citizenry is off the charts. I've never seen this country such a, act in such a cowardly manner. First of all, we should be demanding, demanding that that Chinese balloon be shot from the sky immediately. Can you imagine if, how we, did, if we flew a spy balloon over Beijing? How long do you think it would last in the air? It wouldn't even get to the coast. No, the minute it got to the border. Or if they yeah. saw it coming over the sea, that would be the end of it. That's where we should have shot it down. As soon as we yeah, detected it over the water, boom, you're gone. You're dead. By the way, they flew over Canadian airspace to get to us. Thank you, Justin Trudeau. Yeah, it's just very, very strange that that thing did not hit the ground yesterday immediately. And now well, they've admitted surprised. that there's been others over the last several months. I'm not surprised. I mean, when your government is bought and paid for by the Chinese, why would we think they'd do anything? This one only came out because somebody noticed it. That's what happened. I don't even know in my own mind if this is a spy balloon or just a balloon that the Chinese threw out there to scare us and to let us know that here's how brazen we will be. It's just a little test run to see what Biden will do because we're about to go into yep. Taiwan. Let's see what he'll do if we send a balloon over all their sacred uh, secret military installations. Mm -hmm. Oh, mm -hmm. nothing. Oh, okay, good. Taiwan, here we come. Yep. And, and Kevin, you talked about Hannity a minute ago. Um, my wife and I, a lot, most nights we watch Tucker, we watch other things for two more hours. Then we watch Gutfeld. <laughs> we take that to our break. Last night, I happened to have Hannity on a, you know, a little bit into his program because we were doing some things that was just on. But the, the minute he said, Stephen A. Smith is coming up next, I changed the channel. Yeah. Why watch that? Didn't even watch it. Just changed the channel. And also, Hannity made the comment last night when he had Charles Payne and them come out. Because again, I caught, caught, I don't usually watch the show, but I caught part of it last night. He had him and Jimmy Fallon come out last night. And he made, they made the comment about having a studio audience. And he said something about, well, yeah, I got a good idea. And I'm like, no, Gutfeld had a good idea. You're just trying to be Gutfeld right now. Yeah. He's trying to lap glom onto Gutfeld's success. All right, That's Kevin, exactly good stuff. what he's doing. He's got, he's got an audience and he's got his tie off. He's being Gutfeld because he's trying yep. to, Maintain. I used to like Sean Hannity a lot, but I'm really, really starting to second guess him a whole lot. No, I don't second guess him. I think he's full of crap. All right. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate the call. Hey, Kevin, just so you know, prayers for your father today on the anniversary of losing my father. I know how you grieve in your, in your soul every day for that. But just remember what I always tell people now, and I do the same. I grieve today, but I look for the joy in all the other days. God bless your brother, and thank you for your show. It's a tough day today. All right, Kevin, we pray for you. Hang in there. Thanks. It's, it's God tough. bless. It's always tough when you lose your parent. And that day rolls around. For me, it's Halloween, so my Halloweens now are not quite what they used to be. It's too bad because my mom and dad always made Halloween a special day. But um, I guess my dad couldn't carry Joe Biden's water. <laughs> I mean, it's just laughable. Ron Klain, what a boob. What an absolute boob.
Remember when the uh, 51 supposed CIA intelligence people, intelligence being a very weird word when you describe them, said that the Hunter Biden laptop was Russian disinformation led by that mongrel communist uh, traitor, John Brennan? As uh, I and several of my former colleagues have pointed out publicly, that it does bear the hallmarks of Russian disinformation. To me, this is uh, just classic a textbook uh, Soviet-Russian uh, tradecraft at work. And so all of a sudden, two, two and a half weeks before the election, uh, this laptop appears somehow. It actually didn't appear. It was debunked by you, 51 Liars, and by a lying media. It was claimed that, well, there's nothing to it. It's Russian stuff. Russian stuff. Of course, we now know that they, all 51 of them, lied when they signed that. Jim Jordan, did every one of these liberal Democrats lie about that laptop? You know, 51 former intel officials told us it wasn't. So, I mean, that, that, to, that to me is just like, you, you've, you've got to be kidding me. Um, so they can, they can say what they want. I think they, the American people understood. The focus that we'll have on the Judiciary Committee is, is how big government worked with big tech to keep that information from the American people, starting with those 51 former intel officials who wrote that now famous line that the Hunter Biden laptop story has all the earmarks of a Russian information operation. We knew it wasn't at the time. Now we have confirmation, even from Hunter Biden himself, for goodness sake. So um, I think I think that's the key takeaway here. Now, Hunter Biden's lawyers have come out with, I mean, uh, this is hard to follow, but let's give it a try. We'll do our best. They've called the laptop and its contents a failed, dirty political trick. What? Just a week or so ago, Hunter Biden's attorneys admitted it was his laptop. But hold on a minute. Not now. These letters that we're writing do not confirm the versions of a so-called laptop. So-called? They address their conduct of seeking, manipulating, and disseminating what they allege to be Mr. Biden's personal data where they claim to have gotten it. So they're calling for an investigation. I'm trying to follow this now. Help me along if you will. I might need you to hold my hand through this. Hunter Biden's lawyers are demanding an investigation into the conduct of seeking, manipulating, and disseminating disseminating. Hunter Biden's personal data, except that it's not Hunter Biden's personal data. It's not his laptop. These letters do not confirm Mr. McIsaac's or others' versions of a so-called laptop. They keep referring to it as a so-called laptop. No, it is a laptop. You might dispute that it's his, but it is a laptop. They address their conduct of seeking manipulating, and disseminating what they allege to be Mr. Biden's personal data wherever they claim to have gotten it. They keep repeating themselves. So I'm pretty sure I've, I've got it down. They want an investigation into Hunter Biden's personal data on a so-called laptop that isn't Hunter Biden's, and it's not even his personal data. It's the Russians again. You follow that now? Hunter Biden's all of a sudden denying that it was his. And the media, of course, if you recall, just before the midterm, or excuse me, just before the 
2020 election carried the water of the Biden clan. For all we know, these emails are made up or maybe some are real and others are fakes. We don't know. So we're supposed to believe that Hunter Biden in a drunken stupor dropped off his laptop. Ongoing Russian disinformation effort. Whether that meeting email, for example, is real in the midst of this, um, do you think stuff like that could just have been planted in there and be completely fake? I think someone planted something in your head and it was a fake brain. That's what I think. How about the one guy? So we're supposed to believe that Hunter Biden in a drunken stupor dropped off his laptop. As if that's hard to believe. What is hard to believe about that? The guy was never sober. He was either drunk out of his mind or drugged up beyond belief. So this guy claims that would be a stretch to think that in that condition, which was his constant condition, he somehow dropped the laptop off to have it repaired. Because in his drunken drug-addicted condition, he damaged the laptop. We're supposed to believe that? (laughs) You might as well say, we're supposed to believe Joe Biden can't keep a coherent sentence together? We're supposed to believe that? Call me crazy, but I do believe it. And I do believe Hunter Biden did drop off his laptop because there's evidence everywhere. There's an eyewitness. It's Hunter Biden's name. It's Hunter Biden's laptop. It's Hunter Biden's material. Hunter Biden already said it was his laptop once. I don't care how many times he retracts it now. Speaking of Hunter Biden, wouldn't you like to smack him? Remember when Amy Robach at ABC actually had the courage to interview him and ask the questions that needed to be asked? Remember the smart-ass answers? We don't know, yes or no, if the laptop was I don't have any yours. idea. I have no idea. So it could have been yours. Of course, certainly. It, 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 there could be a laptop out there that was stolen from me. There could be that I was hacked. It could be that it was, the, that it was Russian intelligence. It could be that it was stolen from me. He started out by saying he has no idea if it was his. I'm assuming that most people listening right now own a laptop tablet, some sort of device. I have them. If you said to me, Kevin, I think your laptop is a so-and-so repair shop. No, it's not. I know I didn't take it there. In fact, I have it right here in front of me. So no, that's not mine. Wouldn't you know if it was yours? Hunter Biden claims to have no idea if it was his. And then go on to his little smirky, snarky, Bull crap about it. Kibby man, kibby man, kibby, 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 kibby. No, it is yours. And the emails are yours. And the texts are yours. And the pictures are of you, taken by you or one of your whores. You shining example of humanity. Wouldn't you like to just smack him? Jerry Rivera was talking about him yesterday and said how sad he was for Hunter Biden. Greg Gutfeld was having none of that. Uh, it is so sad to see uh, how his life just turned to such crap. How is it crap? Uh, Tell me, how is it crap? You, you, so you, no, he's got away with everything. He's selling art for half a million. He's 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 banging everything. He's gonna. He's, he, he, if you think he stopped doing drugs, you're nuts. Carpe diem, Greg Gutfeld. Yeah, we've never addressed that. Neither the media. It's not a big issue right now because we know he's a drug head, but you guarantee he's still doing it. 
Haven't heard from him in a while, have we? Hmm. Wonder where he's been. By the way, you probably have heard, but if you haven't, I'll let you know that Hunter Biden's business partner once handled 1,850 boxes of sensitive or sensitive classified Obama-Biden transition papers. So we suspected now, we know. We know that. So now he's tied to that scandal. His Rosemont Seneca business partner, Eric Schwerin, was given the task of moving 1,850 boxes of archives from then-Vice President Biden's Washington, D.C. office to the University of Delaware in 2010. And many of the documents were from his time as a senator when he had no authority to remove them. It just gets deeper and deeper for these crooks. Sandy Cortez was in a hearing yesterday. Now, again, for the life of me, I can't believe she's this stupid. I cannot, for the life of me, understand why the majority would send these three letters just to these three states that leave us with no other conclusion that there needs to be some rank partisanship in this investigation. This was a COVID investigation and where the money went. So the committee sent letters to California, Illinois, and Pennsylvania, where most of the corruption in the uh, PPP money took place. But she, for the life of her, she can't understand why. Oh, they're all blue states, so there's rank partisanship here. Does that woman ever ask a legitimate question? Does she ever make a statement that's worth hearing? I've never seen a group of people so illiterate while I'm on the subject. Cori Bush decided that she would indict St. Louis in her nonsensical rantings. St. Louis and I are here to recognize the humanity of all people, regardless of immigration status. You know, um, we are here in opposition to any racist agenda pursued by Republicans. And let's take a moment to reflect on this first month of Republican control of the House. The disastrous and embarrassing speaker's vote that resulted in the selling of the gavel to a bunch of pro-coup members of Congress, the seating of insurrectionists and someone who defrauded his way into Congress. That's where we are. And now this hearing, whose purpose, it seems, is to amplify the anti-immigrant hysteria and right-wing conspiracy theories. The Republican position on immigration is to inflict as much cruelty as possible on people fleeing suffering and persecution. As Democrats, we need to recognize this reality and refuse to be a part of it. Well, why don't you be a part of housing some of them in your mansion? Why don't you do that, Miss Caring? And don't ever include St. Louis in any of your stupidity. You're embarrassing enough that you got elected, and then when you say St. Louis is there with you, calling everybody a racist? No, I don't think St. Louisans believe that. So leave St. Louis out of it when you spew your hatred, your vile racial hatred, your stupidity, your hatred of Republicans simply because they're in power now. They really can't they really can't take this. They're having a real tough time accepting that they are not in power anymore. 
Their greed knows no bounds. So now that they're not in power, they can't take it. They really are dying right now. They've all lost their minds. So what do they do in this hearing about the border? There's not a single soul in this country that believes the border is not wide open and that it's not secure. Do you know anybody? I don't. But they either paid this judge or this judge is mentally deficient. A judge by the name of Ricardo Samaniego, a judge in El Paso, Texas. He thinks his border is closed. There is no open border in El Paso. Immigrants seeking asylum largely present themselves to Border Patrol for processing. There is no invasion of migrants in our community, nor are there hordes of undocumented immigrants committing crimes against citizens or causing havoc in our community. Claiming this continues a false, racist narrative. You're a moron because you're a liar on top of it. Yes, they are killing people in your community, asshat. Everybody in El Paso screen bloody murder when you and your cohorts, the mayor, cleaned up Main Street so Biden could walk through a sanitized city as if there wasn't crime being overrun in the city. You liar. You abject liar. Another example of how corrupt the judiciary is. Cleo is up. Good morning, Cleo. Hey, Kevin. How you doing, man? I am doing well. How about you? Really good. Really good. It's Friday, man. It's Friday. It's Saturday Eve. So I am happy. That's right. I'm going to go see my grandkids at Grandparents Day today. I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, that's fantastic. I tell you, I've been thinking about it for all week. It's, it's, it's my joy. It is your joy. I, I Believe me, I understand. I'm going to go see my granddaughter in a couple of weeks. They're out of town now, so I'm going to go see her. Well, I tell you, this morning, it was really hard to find material for your show, wasn't it? It was definitely very difficult. On. Very difficult. Our, we had to hire extra people. <laughs> <laughs> And, and I want to thank him for one thing. Thank you for reminding us that Biden showered with his young daughter. That should never be forgotten. No, it should never be forgotten. And when you hear someone like Ron Klain crying how how Biden is such a wonderful father and a role model that he learned all about fatherhood from Biden, a guy who showered with his own daughter and whose son is a crackhead criminal, that takes the cake. I'm, I'm telling you, Mr. Klain, I'd like to know where he is. Uh, senior, what the f were you, man? I hope yeah. you were a hardened criminal, because otherwise you don't deserve that. Remember when Biden sick the FBI on the daughter's uh, diary that had that information in it? Oh yeah, and whatever happened Remember to that? that diary, by the way? And, and how come? Why doesn't the media stay with this? I mean, the, the Democrats keep going, going with this. Everything's racism, racism. How about Biden? Everything shown with daughter, shown with the daughter. They should never let everybody forget it. No, they should not. It's unbelievable. And, how, and, and this damn balloon. You think this balloon would be in front of over our country if Trump would be president? How long do you think it'd be up? Been shot down before it got to the border. As soon as they smelled it coming across the sea, it would have been shot down. It's, it's looking down at all the areas that they want to buy. That's what it's there for. Oh, yeah. And I don't know how they use those things to gather information, but they know what they're doing. That well, much heck, we know. Well, heck, with that spy plane years ago in the 60s, Francis Gary Powers, they, you know, they can take pictures from way up there. Oh, yeah. And that was 1960 or so. Imagine the technology today. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this AOC, she's, she's really getting annoying. You know, she's a big climate 
uh, climate change advocate. You know, just her and John Kerry were big buddies. You know, they were buddies. You know, oh, imagine yeah. if they had a, if they had an offspring, it looked like Sea Biscuit, wouldn't it? <laughs> I love it. There's no doubt about it. I can't believe yeah, I, I can't even believe this. This country is where it is. I just can't. It's getting worse by. It's getting more absurd by the day. And this damn Cory Bush bobbing her head and back at AOC. She makes me sick. You know, she. You know what she was before she got there. She was daycare. She was a babysitter. We got AOC, a bartender, and Cory Bush, a babysitter, a big 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 wigs in the Democratic Party. Isn't that babysitter beautiful? and a bartender. Isn't that beautiful? A babysitter and a bartender, and. Actually, it comes in handy for Cory Bush because she can babysit Cortez because she's a <laughs> child. And don't forget Cory Bush's famous campaign product, a promise, defund the military. Yeah. How come that doesn't come back? She wants to defund everybody, police, military. She wants the thugs because she's a thug, so she wants the thugs to rule the streets. She's nothing but a two-bit thug who broke through a gated community, should have been arrested and charged and put in jail, but she wasn't. And she talked, and and, and uh, Cory Bush talked about the Republicans' policies towards immigration as cruelty, cruelty. Yeah. Well, what about the cruelty? Because we want kids. them to be deported and stay where they are until they come through the the uh, system legally. That that means we're cruel, and of course we're the racist. Cruel. You know that. The, the cruelty comes from Biden himself. How about the cruelty of many people dying? From from the fentanyl, the thousands of young kids dying from the fentanyl. How about the immigrants coming across that are taking advantage of the young kids that are raped and sold into slavery? Yeah, they How don't, about the ones that die die in the ocean, that die in the sea? They don't want to mention any of that. They don't want you to mention fentanyl. They they want to pretend it's not here. That's what they were saying the other day. Well, no, no, that's 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 being overblown. Yeah. Well, I heard a gentleman testify yesterday about his son who thought he was taking a painkiller, but it was laced with fentanyl that came across the border with one of their coiotes. Yeah. It's, t- it's terrible. What you know that, who's getting the biggest laugh out of this country right now? The, car- the drug cartels in Mexico and the Chinese and the Russians and the North Koreans and the Iranians. They're all laughing at us. Why? Yeah. The other countries are too, but they're at least not threatening to attack us. If Trump were president, he would eliminate all Chinese foreign exchange students because half of them are here to spy anyway. That's right. That's exactly right. And if Trump were president, none of this would have happened. That balloon, and the Chinese know it, that's why the balloon never flew over here when Trump was president. That's why Putin never started a war when Trump was president. That's why there was relative peace everywhere. That's why ISIS had been shut down, because Trump was president. Yeah, I think Trump could should come out and, and make a statement about that balloon. That, that would be very, very, very funny. I think. Yeah, he, I think so too, he, and I think he will. He, he, yeah, I think he's going to take advantage of it. He's going to pop that balloon. <laughs> All right, Cleo, great stuff. All right, thanks again. I keep it going, man. You're tremendous. I promise. Thank you. I appreciate that very much. Lines are open, 636-538-0746-0746. How about that judge in El Paso? You think he's corrupt? So he's lying, and Jim Jordan says they lied to us about COVID, too.
I always point out just about everything they told us turned out to be false. They told us it didn't come from a lab. It sure looks like it did. They told us it wasn't gain-of-function research. It sure looks like it was. They told it it wasn't our tax dollars going to the Wuhan Institute of Virology. Yes, it was. They told us the vaccinated couldn't get it. The vaccinated couldn't transmit it. Those were obviously wrong. They told us there's no such thing as natural immunity. Well, Shazam, that'd be the first time in history dealing with the virus. There's no such thing as natural immunity. So on and on it went. Everything they told us turned out to be false. Shazam. Where's Gomer Pyle when we need him? Shazam, Sergeant Carter. Natural immunity doesn't matter. Everything they told us was a lie, and we knew it on this show. Hopefully you knew it too. Remember Ketanji Brown Jackson when she was being confirmed as a Supreme Court justice and Marsha Blackburn of Tennessee asked her to define a woman, and she said she couldn't because she's not a biologist. Well, apparently, Wuhan Willie is a biologist. He knows what a woman is. He just doesn't know how many of them there are. More than half the women in my cabinet, more than, more than half the people in my cabinet, more than half the women in, the, in my administration are women. You think, well, God, that's across the board. This is the United States of America, for God's sake. Women are 50% of our population, slightly more than 51% of our population, 50% of our population. <laughs> what percent of our population? Slightly more than 50%, 51%, If you caught the beginning, he said, the women in his cabinet are women. Carpe diem, Uncle Joe. He knows more as to what a woman is than Ketanji Brown Jackson does. I wonder if the men in his cabinet are men. But he just told us the women are women. We're glad to hear that. I guess he's not referring to Levine even though she's technically not in his cabinet, I don't think. She's an assistant. But he couldn't be referring to her because he would have had to say, well, one of the women is an it. But the rest of the women are women, Biden says, clearly pandering to the female voters. That was such a pandering act. It's the United States, for God's sake. I love it when he gets to the for God's sake crap. That means he's getting angry. For God's sake. (laughs) How about the the lunatic media? Ron DeSantis took the critical race theory black uh, under the guise of black history out of the schools in Florida. A black state legislature by the name name of Bill Proctor agreed with Governor DeSantis, said, in fact, black history has nothing to do with queers. He teaches black history himself. But that doesn't stop the lunatic media from calling Ron DeSantis, altogether class, a racist. Unfortunately, you know, Governor DeSantis has been very, very clear. He has what just appears to be a white nationalist agenda. It's never been about this course. The governor was very clear. African-American studies doesn't have educational value. He's basically sacrificing the education of a whole generation of people. He's trying for, for, for his ambition. It's a right-wing fantasy land, like Disney World, but in hell. Come to Florida, the meanest place on earth. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's sitcom stuff. It really is. The lie, they just lie so easily. Ron DeSantis is saying that he doesn't want black studies. He doesn't think it's important. It's not what he said at all. Not what he said at all. I'm like Biden, I repeat it. Then we had the funeral of Tyree Nichols. Now, 
I understand a family is grieving, and I can appreciate that. What I don't appreciate is that that family decided to take their son's death, his brutal murder, and use it as a racial division tool. That's what his family has done. You don't invite people to speak at your son's funeral who never have met him and don't know a thing about him, unless you've got a hidden agenda. But here we had to sit through, well, I didn't sit through it, but I saw the clips of Sharpton, heels up Horace, who sort of adopted a funny accent again. She's down there in Tennessee. I guess she wanted people to think she's a Southern girl. But listening to these racist, and everybody at that funeral seemed to be racist, including the parents. Sharpton couldn't help but race bait while he was supposedly eulogizing a young man who was murdered uh, senselessly. I'm struggling today. Well, Reverend Al, you don't understand. How are they going to keep crime down in the black community? And at the same time, not be tough and rough. Well, they do it the same way they do it on the white side of Memphis. And they keep the crime down without being rough and tough. How do you have the same department that can keep crime down on one side of town without beating folk to death? But you can't do it on the other side of town unless you feel that you can get away with it there. I can't speak for everybody in Memphis. I can't speak for everybody gathering. But for me, I believe that that man had been white. You wouldn't have beat him like that that night. Wow. So five black cops hated black people so much that he singled out a black guy to to kill. Had he been white, nothing would have happened. But they're not race baiters. They don't stir the racial pot. Not at all. Not a bit. Congratulations, Mrs. Nichols. You embarrassed your son. You embarrassed yourself. You're a charade. You're an abysmal parent. You shouldn't be allowed to have kids. You sicken me. That you exploit your son's senseless murder to stir racial divide. That's what his parents did by inviting that race-baiting racist to spew his white hatred. And the abortion queen was there, adopting her southern accent. She decided that all of a sudden, a baby in a mother's arms is something special. Mothers around the world, when their babies are born, pray to God when they hold that child, that that body and that life will be safe for the rest of his life. Well, you don't even want him to have a life. You want to kill him in the womb, you hypocrite. Lecturing us on how the sanctity of a baby's life and how mothers can only want for the, the best for them and their safety? You mean keep them safe from abortion queens like you? Maybe that's what the mother wants. Safety from child murderers like all Democrat liberals are. All Democrat liberals. You don't see any of them oppose abortion.
And then we had to listen to Keisha Lance Bottoms. She wasn't speaking at the funeral, but she was, of course, sought out by liberal media networks after the funeral since she was there. The failed mayor of Atlanta who watched Atlanta burn because she couldn't control the thugs now has decided she would take over the role of one of the chief liars for the Biden regime when it comes to racial killings with regard to police. President Joe Biden has said repeatedly is that he thinks it's past time uh, that this bill land on his desk for signing. And what really strikes me uh, when you talk about Senator Tim Scott is that this is an African-American man who knows the, the statistics. African-Americans are more than twice as likely uh, to be killed than white Americans in these deadly encounters with police officers. We know that there's law enforcement across the country who gets up each and every day, honors their duty to protect and serve, uh, but to the extent that there are those who don't. Uh, there is legislation that needs to be passed by Congress, and it needs to be passed immediately. She's talking about the George Floyd nonsense bill, but let's let's get her straight on the facts. She said that Tim Scott knows the statistics, that blacks are twice as likely to be killed by police. Well, let's examine the numbers. Let's go back to 2017. We'll, we'll go there. 458 whites were killed by, black, by cops. 222 blacks. 2018, 459 to 228. 2019, 424 to 251. 2020, 459 whites, 243 blacks. 2021, 302 to 177. Dipped way down. 2022, 389 to 225. So far this year, 17 whites to 7 blacks. So it sounds to me like it's much more likely that a white person gets killed by police than the blacks do. But you don't hear white people screaming racism. Oh, you're only targeting him because he's white. In fact, how is it that white people are killed by cops almost double in most years than blacks when most of the cops are patrolling the black neighborhoods per the request of the black citizens? They don't want the thugs criminalizing their streets. Those are people that work hard earn their money, and they have to live with thugs all around them. They don't want it. They want more police. So how is it that all these white people are being killed by cops when the cops are patrolling the black neighborhoods? I'm at a loss, Keisha Lance, whatever your name is, Williams, Bottoms, Keisha Lance Bottoms. When you have three names, it's hard to keep track. KLB. Where do people all of a sudden come up with all these names? Karine Jean-Pierre, Ketanji Brown-Jackson, Keisha Lance Bottoms, James Earl Ray, Lee Harvey Oswald. They're nuts. These people are just nuts. But thank you, Mayor. And then we have Sonny Host in Houston. Now, we get, we get a good laugh out of her. She's one of the most uppity frauds you'll ever see in your life. She is wealthy. She's been given every break anyone could get in this free country that once was a free country in order to better herself. Her life isn't one that's on easy street. And I mean simple street. And yet, she complains 
about the exceptionalism of our country and then rips it apart. The problem that I have is with this narrative of, of American exceptionalism, exceptionalism that we've been taught since we were kids. I mean, I, I set the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, all through my life in school. And then when I got into college, I took an African-American history course. And I started realizing that the actual Pledge of Allegiance doesn't apply to a lot of our citizens. Well, they weren't informing us. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. met the, the dream of being exceptional. It hasn't met this country. hasn't met this dream of being this beacon on a hill. And so I think to, the Supreme Court has already ruled you can't force anyone to take the pledge. But I think until we really meet the, 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 the promise of what this country could truly be, then we shouldn't be touting us out as as exceptionalists. Really? That's interesting coming from someone who earned a college degree, a bachelor degree at Binghamton University, a law degree from the University of Notre Dame, from someone who is a co-host of The View, a well-paying job, uh, who's also senior legal correspondent and analyst for ABC News, hosted executive producer of the uh, Investigation Discovery's True Crime series. Boy, this country sucks. She certainly has been held back. Completely. How would you like to be her? I'd be bitching about this country, too, if I were her. I mean, it's awful. What a rotten place to live, Sonny Host in Houston. Just amazing, isn't it? She's a victim. Poor little Sonny. She's a sorority girl, by the way. She's married to an orthopedic surgeon. She's really had a rough life. Unbelievable. She hates this country, though. She's a victim. So was that big fat ass that you heard weigh in, Whoopi Goldberg. There's another victim. They're all victims. Sandy Cortez is a victim. She went from bartender to Congress, but somehow she's a victim. Cori Bush is a victim. She went from thug activist breaking into gated communities to Congress. She's a victim. It is incredible. All these victims, don't you feel for them? I mean, if we don't, we should. After all, they're victims. We need to be better. This country has no exceptionalism. In case Jerry Nerdler, or in this case, Sonny Hostenhusen, wanted to recite the Pledge of Allegiance, let's let Red Skelton inform them how to do it. If I may, may I recite it and try to explain to you the meaning of each word. I, me, an individual, a committee of one, pledge dedicate all of my worldly goods to give without self-pity, allegiance, my love and my devotion to the flag 
our standard, O glory, a symbol of freedom. Wherever she waves, there's respect, because your loyalty has given her a dignity that shouts freedom is everybody's job. United, that means that we have all come together. States, individual communities that have united into 48 great states, 48 individual communities with pride and dignity and purpose all divided with imaginary boundaries, yet united to a common purpose, and that's love for country. And to the Republic, Republic, a state in which sovereign power is invested in representatives chosen by the people to govern. And government is the people, and it's from the people to the leaders, not from the leaders to the people for which it stands. One nation, one nation, meaning so blessed by God, indivisible, incapable of being divided with liberty, which is freedom, the right of power to live one's own life without threats, fear, or some sort of retaliation and justice, the principle or qualities of dealing fairly with others. For all, for all, which means, boys and girls, it's as much your country as it is mine. And now, boys and girls, let me hear you recite the Pledge of Allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Since I was a small boy, two states have been added to our country and two words have been added to the Pledge of Allegiance under God. Wouldn't it be a pity if someone said that is a prayer and that would be eliminated from schools too? In Kevin Slayton with you on this Friday, Saturday Eve, this Friday morning. Red caught me off guard there. I was reading something when he decided he would finish up. Wasn't paying attention. See, it happens to everybody. Not just Joe Biden. But we welcome you back in. This is the Window World King's Court on KevinSlaytonShow.com. Our good friends at Taco Bell have always been a loyal supporter of the show, so we support them. Locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. I'll tell you where they are. They have the dollar crave menu for breakfast. Five dollar crave menu. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, late night. You can get a double stuffed taco right now for a dollar. A grande burrito. A grilled breakfast burrito with bacon bits. All of that's just a dollar. 
You can get a double chalupa in a box with two tacos and a soft drink for just five bucks. Ask for the rolled chicken tacos if you've never had those. How about the Mexican pizza that they brought back? They have two different AM crunch wraps for breakfast. Both are under three bucks. So is the Grande Scrambler. And the breakfast quesadilla is under two dollars. And you know, if you've been to Taco Bell, they give you lots of food. You'll fill up on very little money. You can take the change from your sofa cushions and buy yourself a meal at Taco Bell easily. Or the change in your compartment in your car where you keep it. Don't tell me you don't, because you do. Fish in there for your Taco Bell breakfast. I support locally owned and operated businesses, and Taco Bell is no different. I go to Washington, Missouri, St. Clair, Union, Jackson, Cape Girardeau, Chesterfield Valley. These are the ones I support. Uh, In uh, Illinois, they're in Waterloo, Decatur, Springfield, Carbondale, DuCoin, Troy, Salem, Jerseyville, and Columbia. I've been to six of those locations already. Locally owned and operated Taco Bell locations. So give them a go if you're anywhere near them if you get hungry. You know, what I what I don't get, and our research assistant pointed this out to me, is that for all of this caterwauling about how lousy the country is by Sonny Hostin Houston and the rest of them who hate this country, Corey Bush, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar, Cortez, for all their hatred of the country, they should be asking for the January 6th prisoners to be freed because those were insurrectionists. They were trying to take down the very country that those people, those Congress people, hate. That Sonny Hostin Houston hates. You should be applauding them, not imprisoning them wrongfully. Guy who calls himself Larry the Liberal is on. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Mr. Slayton. And you can call me Lawrence. My friends call me Larry the Liberal, the proud liberal. But you, Mr. Slayton, can call me Lawrence. Or you can call me Mr. Liberal. How about Lawrence of Arabia? Not funny, Mr. King's Court. I'm going to tell you something. Earlier in this show, you were denigrating liberals like me, and you were trying to make us out as a bunch of wimps. Well, I'm here today to represent all liberals, especially those in Washington, D.C., and I make this vow to your audience of right-wing idiots that by the end of this debate, I will have you in tears. You will be crying, Mr. Kevin Slayton. Do you understand? Well, I'm shaking in my boots. Give it your best shot. All right, I will. How do you, a privileged white supremacist, dare say anything against St. Stephen A. Smith? He is a black man. Do you know that? He's a black man. How do you dare? Well, here's how I dare. Uh, first, let me let me straighten you up because as a liberal, you're a buffoon. You have no grasp of the facts. Calling me a white no. nationalist uh, is is pretty laughable. But that's what you call all white people. Funny that you're white and you don't call yourself that. Secondarily, Stephen A. Smith is a chartered racist. He's a member of the club. He's been a racist his entire life. He's very proud of it. The way he talks about white people and white supremacy. He doesn't he doesn't mind. He doesn't think any white people should ever take part in professional sports. Black coaches should have every position. Black owners, even though they don't have the money, should be there as owners. That's what he believes. Now apparently you don't do your homework very well, 
but that's the truth. Well, you're only right about one thing, Mr. Slayton. Yes, I am white, but I'm ashamed of it. I am ashamed of myself. I am an oppressor, and so are you. And that's why I agree with Stephen A. Smith that only blacks should be allowed to participate in sports. You understand? And and let me tell you something else, too. How do you dare denigrate uh, the the only great white man in this country, Joe Biden? How do you denigrate him? He is the greatest father to all of us. He is my father. And <laughs> yeah, and and how do you dare how do you dare criticize him for taking a shower with his daughter? D- don't all fathers shower with their daughters? Well, maybe you do. But you're not going to have me in tears. You're going to have me in tears of laughter. I think you're hilarious. I think you're mentally ill. I think there's something wrong with you. You are a proud supporter of a guy who showers with his daughter a guy who raised a crackhead son. You're proud of that guy. You're, you're, you're proud of Stephen A. Smith, a racist, which makes you a racist, by the way. Uh, you th- claim to be a white supremacist. Oh. Apparently you are. Oh, you're probably, oh, you're probably being accurate. When you say, no, you don't interrupt me. Stop, you're you hurting don't me. me. No. I don't take orders from liberals especially, but I don't take orders from anybody, but especially people like you. So uh, I've got you, one more point uh, to make you with you, Mr. Slayton. Hold on. I, 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 do you want me to turn you down? I will. When I'm talking, you oh. shut up. When you when you talk, I'm quiet. You make your point, I'll make mine. You have no <laughs> grasp of reality, which is perfect for a liberal because none of them do. You are the reason, part of the reason, that this country is in the shitter. You are responsible for that. You and your ilk. Now, your turn. Oh, all right, Mr. Slayton. Now, now comes the hard part for you. This is you're gonna be on your knees crying and begging for forgiveness. How do you dare compare Ilhan Omar to Marjorie Taylor Greene? The only good thing about Marjorie Taylor Greene is that she has three names. Otherwise, do you realize that she's white? And do you realize that white is not a color? Do you realize that, Mr. Slayton? I can't help myself. <laughs> I think those. I think you're faking it, um, but I do believe that you support Ilhan Omar because you're probably, uh, by that very support, an anti-Semite yourself. That's that. That surprises me because the Jews, the you Jews better vote start crying because I want to show that you are weak, not me. I'm the, a strong. Quit interrupting me. Liberal. Stop interrupting me. Or I'll turn you down. I love Rashida. All right. You, by the your very nature, are an anti-Semite because Jewish people vote in a block for Democrats, and yet you support people who completely hate the Jews. Oh, he hung up. Probably better that he did because he, like a liberal, couldn't make a point that was coherent. At least I didn't hear one. Did you hear one? I sure as hell didn't hear one. Bizarre stuff, though. I'm wondering if that was some guy pretending to be a liberal, if that was really a liberal. Right up until the fake tears, I thought he was a liberal. Because he made all the liberal talking points, which are all stooge-like. Race-baiting. Thought he was a tough guy. That's what liberals do. Stephen A. Smith thinks he's a tough guy. Biden thinks he's a tough guy. Biden, remember, wants to take Donald Trump out behind the woodshed. Let's not forget that. Which I would pay to watch. 
would actually pay to watch. And I think you could sell tickets. But we who believe in the right things in this country take orders from nobody. We're not Stepford children like liberals are. We don't buy into your bullcrap because we don't have to. For any sane members of the audience, our phone lines are open, 636-538-0746. But even the insane ones, we welcome. So if you're one like him, you can certainly call. But don't act like Don Lamont acted with his co-host. Don Lamont apparently got into a, a real spat back in December with his new morning co-host, Caitlin Collins. Apparently, from sources at CNN, after the show one morning, and he's having a difficult time adjusting to his demotion from prime time in the evening to early morning. Maybe he just doesn't like getting up early. But Lamont went after her in a heated conversation right after the show, claiming that she was interrupting him. By the way, he's 56 years old. She's 30. So he's black, and he's older than she is, and she's he's been there longer. So he's clearly intimidating her, or so he thinks. She turned and walked out of the studio visibly upset. The new honcho over at CNN sent Lamont home for the day to cool off, was said he was appalled by the behavior, but he hasn't fired him. So they were supposed to go grab a reconciliation drink before going over to the White House for a press Christmas party. That meeting never took place. One person close to the situation said they arrived at the party separately and she wants nothing to do with him other than being on the set with him when she does the show. They're both represented by the same agent. That should be fun. But at this point, Caitlin wants to be on set with Don Lamont as little as possible, said the source close to the situation. So there's Don Lamont for you. What a complete nutcase. His ego is so runaway, he can't deal with it. You know, he sounded like there, Vic Faust. <laughs> when Vic told the, the female co-host off here locally on the uh, radio. The only difference is Caitlin Collins didn't record it. Incredible stuff, right? Matt is up. Hello, Matt. How are you? I'm well, Mr. Slayton. Good morning. You know, you talked earlier and... You can't help it because they mention every day about race and, and they confuse hate and racism. And you can hate somebody and still have them on your show or have like on ESPN or all them. I know they do it all the time because that Stephen A. Smith hates all white people and he's forced to have white people on his show. But racism, they wouldn't allow another race to be on the show. And that's, what they cannot get over, that the country is not racist. And there are people, unfortunately, out there, and there's hate in the world that you're never going to get rid of. It's just like sin yeah, you never or will. crime. But, they, but, it, but it's so minute in this country now. They're trying to bring it back. They want it to be the 50s and the 40s. They want the, re, the resumption of the Klan. Uh, that's what they want. They want that because then they can scream and yell even louder. 
and it's jealousy. And you know what? We're all sorry that the world transformed that it did. We're, the, the things in our past were horrible. But guess what? We have righted just about all those wrongs. You know what? I don't care what you do in your bedroom or who you do, or what you do it with, but that doesn't need to be out in the street. There aren't heterosexual parades. There's just parades. You don't need to have a colored parade, a gay parade, a dog parade, and then announce it that like dogs are oppressed. That's why they have parades. No, they do it for fun. You do your thing, you get a little on and you move on. At this, you know, your caller, I think might have been yesterday. My days get con, uh, conflated a bit, but that this the the child pornography and the, the molestation that's going on, the abuse of children is another epidemic that is it's being addressed, but it isn't being handled. And they need, I'm, I hate to be violent, but it's the only answer. You start whooping these people's asses on TV out in public. The next person will think twice about coming out and doing this stuff. Well, I think they should hang child predators from town square on national television, have a big party. That's what I think they should do. That might be too good for them. Yeah, you're probably right. Why kill them when they can get their ass kicked in, in jail? But when you talked about uh, having a gay parade, we don't have white parades. Can you imagine for one moment if you had a, a parade to celebrate white people, what it would white. be perceived as and how many people would be arrested and <laughs> you would lose your job if you were identified as being there? That's the country we live in today. It is. And, that's what, and God won't let me win the lottery because I'd have a white male parade once a month <laughs> and it would be shut down and called racist. How is a parade in, you know, me celebrating my issue. It's, it's insanity. Or have it a Christian parade. Insanity. Have a Christian parade the day that the gays have their gay parade. Oh, well who, who's the actor from growing pains who tried to read Bible verses in a library, yeah, and Kirk they tried Cameron. to shut them down. Kirk Cameron. Then he, Kirk Cameron. Then he was able to get an acceptance in one library, and the lines were out the door down the street. They put yeah, speakers where two thousand people show up to yeah. a venue that could only hold three hundred. Yeah, they put speakers outside so people could hear him read. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's when you say that we don't have a racism problem in this country, but there's always going to be hateful people, and there are. You can't get rid of that because it's not a perfect world. But we don't have a racist problem in this country. We don't. It, it, the, again, our gravest enemy is the media who stirs it and who allows the real racists, the Cory Bushes, the Cortezes, the Talibs, the Omars, the, the Schumers, the Bidens. Biden's one of the great racists of all time. All time. But the media that allows these racists to spew their hatred, that's the problem. And that's why they hate Christianity and they hate Trump and Trumpism because they have all come out and proven that the liberal mentality, the liberal ideology does not work. There's no room for it in any successful life. And it's proven their ideas and their, and their, their law, whatever their rules do not work. They don't work financially. They don't work personally. They don't work in the government. And it's, and they're, they're terrified. That's why they come out with all this fear mongering and hate. 
They do. They are hateful people, though. I think you struck on that. You, you can listen to them. Do you listen to them spew their hatred? Everything they say is race. They scream. They yell. They wave they their sh- hands. They're told to stop talking. Their time is over. They keep talking because they're superior to everybody else. After all, you can't silence me. I love having discussion with people, especially when I I don't agree with them, and they start getting louder. And I and I'll say, you know, your point is in any better made because you get louder <laughs> the volume of your voice doesn't change my thought or doesn't change well they don't have a point that's why they get louder right they don't think anybody hear them they think because they're bombastic and they're that they're getting their point across more and it, they just look stupid yeah it's they, they really do all right good stuff it, matt thank you thanks sir keep it up and have a great weekend you have god, bless. god bless you bye-bye now here's another situation that you can't even imagine this. You couldn't conjure this up in your own head. Michigan State University is offering up to $1,000 per year for students. It's an unconditional love fund. That's what they're calling it. But it's open only to students who identify as LBGTQQAYZ2935466. Hut, hut. Those are the only ones who get it. How is that not discriminatory at a public university? It has to be. If I had a son or daughter at Michigan State, I'd sue the hell out of them right now. They can get $500 a semester. They apply by providing a brief description of their funding request, including how their financial need relates to their gender or sexual identity. Well, I'd be happy to. I'm a white guy. That's all I need to say for my application. Nobody likes white guys. It's an all-out war on white guys. And a lot of it's from the gay community. Can you imagine that? They have other funds. That's just not the only one at Michigan State. They have them through their Gender and Sexuality Campus Center. Can you imagine having that? My God, I'm so glad I went to school when I did. That center includes a lesbian, bisexual, gay, and transgender resource center endowment fund. And a Queering Racial Justice Summit Fund. You know, when we were kids, if you called somebody a queer, you were considered to be a bad person for saying that. Now they put it in their title, the Queering Racial Justice Summit Fund. How many how many bases do they tag there? Queer, racial? <laughs> it's incredible. Rick is up. we got a couple of minutes. Rick, how are you? Carpe diem, Kevin. Carpe diem to you. Just a couple quick points. I know it's the end of the show. Number one, as you as you pointed out earlier, and what I said the other day, one of those five cops was was investigated. He was a corrections officer before they made him a cop, and he was in trouble for beating prisoners in the jail that he worked at. Number two, the United States response to news media yesterday. The response when the questions came up about the Chinese weather balloon that's hovering above, which is really a, 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 tr- trying to take pictures or whatever. Their response is, yeah, we know it's there, but we're, we're going to take our equipment that they might be trying to watch, and we're going to move it somewhere else so they can't see it. Don't they realize that if it is a, a spy balloon and they're, and they're recording everything that's going on, that they're watching them move the stuff? Does that make any sense to you, Kevin? No, of course not. And and the last thing I wanted to say is that guy that called in 
saying he was a liberal and then he's ashamed to be white and he's been an oppressor himself. If, if he really wants to make things right, here's what I want him to do tonight. At the corner of 6th and Broadway in East St. Louis is a club illusion. It's right down here in a black neighborhood. I want him to come down here tonight at midnight, put a sign, hang a sign around his neck. I'm white. I'm ashamed I'm white. I've oppressed you my whole life. Please take care of me and end me as reparations for what I've done to you in my lifetime. If he truly believes what he's saying, come down here to East St. Louis tonight and do that, please. But he's lying. He just probably told his friends he's going to call Kevin's show and he's going to act stupid and the things that made him a star today. Carpe diem to you. Thanks, Rick. Have a great have a great weekend, Kevin. You have the same. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. All right. right Bye. Yeah, go ahead and do that, Mr. Liberal. See how far that gets you. All right, that's going to wrap us up. We're out of time for the week. It's a Saturday Eve, so I'm a happy camper. And I hope you are, too, and I hope it's warm wherever you are. It's not warm where I am. But warm yourself up if it is cold, and join us on Monday morning. We're back fighting the good fight for you, as we do every morning, right here on KevinSlaytonShow.com in the Window World Kings Court. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everyone. (laughs) 